a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello again, baseball fans. Chris Dunn here from the Prospects Live crew, and I am here for another installment of the Prospects Debate. Uh, Today, I have Ralph and JP from the Prospects Live crew with me to debate the Pirates' number one prospect, right-handed pitcher Mitch Keller. Uh, The high man on Keller is actually Jason Waddell, who has him at 31, Uh, but we've got JP on. JP, you've got Mitch Keller at 43 on your top 100. So I'm going to open up the floor to you and kind of let you go first here. And what is it about Keller that you like most? Um, I, I like his feel for pitching, I think. And he's, uh, I wouldn't say a pure pitchability guy because he has good stuff too. But um, he just has elite fastball command from uh, the times I saw him during AFL. He had the ability to really work it um, to, I'd say, four quadrants of the plate. And um, I, I liked Keller's ability to ramp up and reach back for extra extra velocity when he needed it. He never really looked like he was like throwing at max effort, um, except for like pivotal two strike counts. And um, he would reach back for a little more and um, touch around 97 when he needed to. But he he sat more comfortably 92 to 94 um, in my looks during AFL 2017. Has a really nice curveball and. The changeup looked like it was coming along, like it flashed above average for me that fall. And it wasn't a big swing and miss pitch, but it was a, a pitch that I thought could generate a lot of ground balls and you know, play to possibly above average um, at maturity. So I just saw a guy with very smooth mechanics, um, some feel for pitching, good body. He was checking a lot of boxes for me, and I just thought in the context of today's game, he did he definitely looked like a possible 200 innings a year type guy. And for me, um, the way game, the game is set up now, those guys are really valuable. I, I also just wanted to address one thing. Just I'm looking at my list right now, and these lists are snapshots in time. And it, I kind of went through a process of 
when I put together the, this list of uh, how to assess different pieces of information and guys that I'd seen, it made it difficult because some guys I had seen, some guys I hadn't seen. And um, just as an example, you know, as I was looking through my list 10 minutes ago, I saw, oh, Chris Paddock ranked behind Mitch Keller on my list. Well, this spring training, I've seen Paddock now, and I probably wouldn't have ranked them that way, you know, if I were to re-rank the list now. Sure. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, it's it's difficult. It was a little difficult for me at times because certain guys I had seen, certain guys I had not seen, and um, I think there's a tendency to use that, you know, put a lot of weight um, into the guys you've seen because. You just feel you have like a comfort level with them. And I definitely felt that with Mitch Keller because he was a guy I saw uh, three or four times during the AFL that year. So I felt pretty confident with my assessment of him. And um, I know he didn't have a great statistical year last year, but I was willing to, to some degree, write that off um, just because I was confident um, with my looks in him and uh, my assessment of him. So, uh, yeah, that's basically why I had him where I had him. I think it's important to you know kind of go back to what you said about the snapshot in time and how that's exactly what it is, right? We put these lists together prior to spring training. We put these lists together in you know December and January, um, and a lot of times, you know, our, our opinions change. And certainly, like you said, you bring up Chris Paddock. Look, I, I think everybody out there who has seen Chris Paddock this so far this spring is probably bumping him up on their list. Wherever it is that they may have had him, he's moving up a lot of people's lists. Um, and so, you know, I think it's very important to, to kind of drive that point home. Uh, Ralph, uh, you, you guys each, what I, what I thought was kind of funny is I looked at both of your lists and Ralph, you have 37 pitchers on your top 100 JP, you have 39 pitchers on your top 100. So I wanted to look at this and I wanted to be able to say, well, you know, maybe JP, you just are overvaluing more pitchers, right? Um, and that's why Ralph just doesn't have Mitch Keller in his top 100. And that wasn't the case. So Ralph, now the floor is yours. Tell me what it is. Convince me, convince the audience. What is it about Mitch Keller that you don't like so much so that you don't even have him in your top 100? Well, it's not to say that Mitch Keller couldn't be a pretty good major league pitcher. And there's a lot of guys outside of the top 100 that are going to be pretty good major league pitchers. And it might be in a, ver a variety of roles. Now, what I think, you know, my issue is with Mitch Keller is I don't think uh, Mitch Keller's, I, I guess, profile necessarily jives with what's successful at the major league level right now. I think he jives with what was successful seven, eight years ago. And that's very in line with, his pitching coach and sort of their philosophy there in Pittsburgh with Searage. I mean, they're very fastball heavy where, you know, the rest of the league has started to go to more breaking balls and, and people are sort of shying away from the fastball. They're very traditional in that sense. And I think that, that Keller sort of fits into that. Now he's, he's struggled. And I think a lot of it comes down to a sequence. He's very heavy on his, his fastball. It's, it's a, a, a sinking fastball. You know, he works low in the zone and nowadays, guys have adjusted for that. Um, and I think that, you know, hitters across all levels now, you know, have dropped their hands. You know, they're, they're getting more launch. They're, they're 
good low ball hitters. And you got to attack guys high in the zone. That's why, you know, all the rage in the offseason has been looking at the Astros and then the high spin fastball guys and the guys that can attack guys up high. I know JP talks about it a lot himself. And I think that's something that Mitch Keller struggles to do. I think it's something he struggles to do with command and, and control. Um, he's much more comfortable working low in the zone. And I think that's why when he got up to AAA, he got murked. Um, you know, his secondary pitch, you know, the, the slider is pretty good. I, I personally, I, I don't see a whole lot of feel right now with the changeup. I know he's had flashes of it. There were some times out in Arizona back in, what, 2017, um, where I think it might have been when he looked his best just <laughs> in his career other than when he was in Bradenton. And I've caught him at two different stints. I caught him uh, in double A, and I've also caught him um, a year before in Bradenton when I was on vacation. So I've seen him at sort of two different levels at two different points in his career. I really liked him when I saw him in Bradenton. And I think the sort of my tastes and preferences – for starting pitching prospects has sort of altered and changed a little bit. And with that, my perception of Mitch Keller is sort of dragged. Now, I probably would have had Mitch Keller within the next 20 to 30 picks. I think that he's a reasonable top 100 pitcher. Um, but I, I think that there's, you know, 30 to 5 to 40 starting pitching prospects I would probably rather have. Even if some of those guys end up in the pen, I just think ultimately they might have more value. And I sort of view Mitch Keller right now is sort of just like a number four, number five floor uh, with maybe the ceiling of a, of a pretty good number three if he figures out how to attack guys high in the zone. Um, and maybe he'll get some more swings and misses. But, I mean, even his swing strike rate last year, just looking at it across double A, I think he had like a, a 10.6% you know, swing strike, which is pretty pedestrian when you consider the, the competition that he's facing for the type of pitching prospect he is. Usually you want to see that tick up a lot more. You know, you want to see somebody breaking guys down. And uh, he was successful. And even even the numbers, the ERA is bad, but the underlying peripherals were actually pretty good for Keller at AAA. For me, this is purely just on watching Keller. And, and I just don't think it's going to jive once he starts to see major league lineups. I think he's going to have to figure out a different way to sequence the stuff and attack. And it, it might be, you know, um, sort of changing how he attacks with his fastball. And if he can actually be successful putting it high in the zone. I don't have specific spin rates uh, on Keller in front of me. So one thing that I look at and I thought was kind of interesting, he's been a top 100 prospect, regardless of who, regardless of what rankings you want to go by, whether you're looking at Baseball America or MLB Pipeline or Baseball Prospectus, each of the last three years, all three of those outlets had Mitch Keller as a top 100 prospect. And each of the last two years, all of them have him inside the top 20, basically. Um, but I don't think that he's getting a lot of the hype as a lot of other similar ETA pitchers, right? Like, let's look at some of the guys who have an ETA of 2019, because certainly Keller is one of those guys. But when we're talking about 2019 guys, we're talking names like Jesus Lazardo. We're talking Chris Paddock. We're talking Forrest Whitley. It seems like Mitch Keller is sort of like the forgotten name here, and I wonder if I wonder if there's some sort of almost recency bias here where Mitch Keller is almost suffering from prospect fatigue, right? Because he's been that top 100 pro prospect for three years in a row now. And there's like this, this element of prospect fatigue around him. And then we've got this recency bias with, like JP said, a guy like Chris Paddock, who's, you know, tearing it up in spring and almost, you know, has guaranteed himself a spot in the Padres rotation and certainly Forrest Whitley and everything he did in the AFL this past fall. Do you guys see any of that? Like, it, 
Are, are, is there something to this prospect fatigue thing and maybe the recency bias with all these other guys like Lazardo, Paddock, and Whitley? I just think Keller isn't – he's not flashy. He's not sexy. And some of those other guys you mentioned have number one upside. Sure. And I don't think Keller has – I mean, could I see Keller being a number two if – you know, the change develops. And I also thought I saw him throw like this cuttery thing in the high eighties during AFL. And I didn't see it reported anywhere else, but I made a note of it. Um, I don't know if that's a thing, but he didn't throw very many of them. And, um, I just remember just trying to figure out like, do I even put this in my report on Keller? But anyways, I, I just think he's a little bit less sexy. He's more of a high floor prospect than a high sure. ceiling prospect. And, you know, I, Ralph, you just said you thought he could He's more of like a back end to middle rotation guy. Well, I, for me, I think he's a pretty safe four or a three with a chance to be a two. So, um, but, you know, I'll be really surprised if he's anything less than a four. Like, I just believed in him that much in terms of, the body and also i i actually did think he had good feel for sequencing at least when i saw him during afl and i saw him changing eye levels and you know he would use the curve low in the zone and then follow it up with a fastball up so you know that was just what i saw during afl i don't know what he looked like you know i wasn't watching every mitch keller start last year and you know basically when i was covering my bases for you know, these rankings, I, uh, you know, I just wanted to make sure this dude wasn't hurt and there wasn't a tick back in his stuff. You know, I looked at his, his B ref, I looked at his fan graphs page and, um, you know, he actually had a really low left on base percentage, like below the norm. So not to say he got unlucky, but it's one of those things where it could have made the ERA look a little inflated. And, um, I, I guess I'm just putting a lot of weight on my, my in-person looks of him. And I just, I think, uh, nothing he really did last year changed, changed my opinion based off what I'd seen, um, during that fall. Ralph, looking at the pirates, like I, I kind of want to give the pirates the benefit of the doubt here. And I want to, uh, I want to believe in Mitch Keller, just simply looking at their track record of drafting high school pitchers and turning them into a major league uh, major league guys. You look at the 2010 draft, they drafted Jamison Tyon and Nick Kingham, both guys that are going to contribute and, you know, be pivotal if they do anything this year. The 2011 draft, they went out and they got Tyler Glass now, who they then uh, traded to the Rays. But again, another guy who a lot of people think is going to have his breakout year in 2019. And so here's Mitch Keller from the 2014 draft now kind of getting his chance. We've seen We've seen a bit of success in these previous right hand and uh, in, in the, these high school prospects that they drafted. You know, do you just kind of give do you let this play out? And I mean, do we just do, are the Pirates really good at drafting high school arms and, and turning them into major league ready talent? No, I mean, you only name one guy out, out there that I think would make like the Red Sox rotation. Right. <laughs> I, like I don't I don't want Kingham on my team. I wouldn't draft him on my fantasy team with 50 rounds. And I and I have to have, you know, 15 pitchers. So I don't necessarily agree on, on Kingham. I think, you know, yeah, he, he got up to the majors. I mean, I, I know there's some people that like him, but I think he's nothing more than a, than a back end starter. Um, I give kudos to guys that, you know, develop 
you know, actual stars and actual talented players. I mean, we saw what happened to Garrett Cole as soon as he got out of Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, the philosophy changed him. Um, sure. You know, I think there's guys that have had success there. It seems like um, Ivan Nova has had his best years there. Um, Francisco Liriano, I don't know if that was timing. Um, so, But I think they had their time and their place. And I, I just think ultimately their philosophy right now doesn't really jive with, with what's successful at the at the major league level. Um, yeah, I mean, I, Tyon obviously is a good one, but and and Glass now to me, Glass now you know still getting rocked in spring training with the Rays. We don't we don't know if Glass now is ever really going to come out of it on the other side. Now, granted, he was a little bit a few more rounds deep, and he's a bigger guy. He's a different story, but yeah, I, I mean, I understand it. Um, I think that, like I said, I think they've done a decent job developing Keller, at least to the extent that you know he's gotten this far. He's certainly a major league ready guy, or at least seems pretty close to it. But I just don't think he's going to be all you know all that impactful especially initially um and with pitching prospects it's tough you know especially if they don't have you know multiple pitches and they aren't guys that have you know really pushed everywhere that they've been um and i think that you know keller's been good not great everywhere that he's been so he might just be okay and not good i i just i I don't know if i see the uh, high and upside i don't know all right, well, we've got them at 51 on our Prospects Live Top 100. Again, to JP's point earlier, that list was prior to spring training. So obviously throughout the season, I think you know those rankings will change and certainly Keller could bump up a little bit or maybe he could fall off if he you know, is unable to continue the success and unable to you know work on the command. And if the changeup doesn't come along, well, then maybe he might drop down, um, not just on JP's list where JP again had him at 43, uh, but even Ralph didn't have him in the top 100. And certainly if he doesn't work on that changeup a little bit more, he's not going to crack that top 100. Um, for more of these prospect debates, guys, go to prospectslive.com. Uh, check out the podcast section. Again, the interactive prospects list where you can get your team's top 30, you can get each individual guy's top 100. There's a lot of great stuff there. Don't forget minor drafts if you want to get some, uh, you know, prospect breakdowns and charts on, you know, some of the individual peripherals of some of these guys. Uh, so until next time, thank you, Ralph. Thank you, JP. This has been Chris Dunn with another Prospects Debate, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care, everybody. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.